this is what he wants to do. And I mean, he's involved with another tag team with Cedric, you know, um, or I mean, do I come in and disrupt that or do, uh, or does, uh, do we, you know, do we reform the wrestling's greatest tag team or do we form a new faction or, uh, do I go solo or I don't know. I don't know what, you know, or do they just bring me in to be an agent? What's up, Bengal fans? It's your host, Joey Carney, and I want to thank you for clicking on this video. It was an amazing experience, and I can't wait for you to watch the full episode and enjoy it just as much as I did filming it. Now, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe down below to stay up to date with all the Angles activity right here on YouTube. Now, enjoy the show. I don't break dead, you can never break me. I won't stay down, push until I'm daisies. I'm on top now, while me kissing babies. Call me out, president, boss, stool, hate me. I'ma trust my gut, you don't face me. I'ma get my blood, don't save me. Damn it, step for enough, still chasing. Every single dream that I've had since I was 18. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Angle Podcast. With me today, a person, a guest, a wrestler that everybody around the world knows. He is all over the wrestling headlines because he's finally come home to professional wrestling. He's a 14-time tag team champion, half of the world's greatest tag team. He's the leader of the Haas of Pain Tour. He is Charlie Haas. Welcome uh, welcome to the Angle Podcast. All right, thank you very much, man. I appreciate this, man. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, man, yeah, I, I always see uh, I always see your podcast. Always, It's always either on Twitter or Instagram. It's always jumping up there somewhere. So glad, I'm glad to be part of it, man. So I'm looking forward to this. Appreciate that. I saw your name... Uh, you know, over the last year, pop up around. And I was so interested to see what you were doing. So I started looking you up, watching the interviews. And you're doing so much <clears throat> in professional wrestling. Uh, you have your own podcast. If you can uh, briefly talk about that, the Haas Pod. Yeah. Yeah. So what the Haas Pod does is, uh, yeah, we'll be back on track after the new year next year. I mean, not next year, next week. Um, um, what we do is uh, we interview both amateur and professional wrestlers. Uh, we're trying to bring both worlds together. Uh, with my connections in amateur wrestling, is I, you know, so I have two sons that are wrestling. Uh, it was part of a, my big, it was a really important part of my life. It, it uh, really helped me out to be a successful professional wrestler, but uh, it also helped me get into professional wrestling because of the, you know, because of our amateur background and the gimmick they gave us. So um, I'm just very, very excited uh, for this uh, this part of my, I guess what you call this this journey. Uh, my career to you know to go down this path with my with my career um and it's a different it's a different journey of course but it's still in the realm of uh it's a different path of course but still in the realm of professional wrestling but um but it's also in the realm of amateur wrestling too because uh, what i want to do is now with um amateur wrestlers signing these big time contracts with wwe um these nil contracts um and you know because it's important everyone should know that as of this year you're allowed to make money off your name and your likeness and um, NCAA, you know, in, 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 I'm sorry, in NCAA sports now, yeah. well, no matter what sport it is, you can make uh, money off your name and your likeness. Um, you know, professional wrestling, uh, Vince McMahon has a smart business plan. Um, he's signing all these non, all these athletes that are either, whether it's basketball, football, wrestling, you know, baseball, but he's signing them to these NIL contracts to where he can mass produce all their merchandise and flood the markets in the NCAA and he can do that and make a lot, you know, and they can make money and he can do like a, whatever the split is between them. They negotiate, you know, they may never, they may may never see the inside of a ring by the time they graduate, but they can make money um, off their merch. Um, you know, it's something different where the NFL, NHL, NBA, um, they can't do that. And the reason why they can't is because, you know, then you'd be considered a pro and plus they haven't had the draft and they have to meet the criteria of before they come pro, they got to do so many years in college where pro wrestling, we are considered sports entertainment. We're really not a, a professional league as uh, you know, it's the way WWE has it structured. So that's why it's, it's becoming that this. Um, so it's a great opportunity to be an amateur wrestler. It's a way for them to get paid. So if I can bring, these two worlds together for so long, there was a discord between the two. Um, but now, you know, it's another way for them to make money instead of going in a fight in the UFC. Um, or you can still fight in, in MMA, UFC, and then uh, go in. A lot of them do that and then go into pro wrestling. So, uh, you know, so it's, um, I know that's what my podcast is all about. So it's uh, bringing both worlds together, baby. Not what two worlds collide, but two worlds make peace. <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah. So what I thought was really interesting, actually really cool that makes your podcast stand out 
is that you are involving uh, amateur wrestling. It's almost like a virtual wrestling school that you have because you're giving, you know, amateur wrestlers the opportunity to, to initially get themselves over to the professional yeah. wrestling crowd and kind of mix and match there and kind of test their skills, you know, how they are on a mic, how they present themselves. And yeah. overall, they'll go yeah. into a physical wrestling school. So I think that was uh, really cool to see. Um, yeah. But you and, 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 and so that's what we're doing, you know. And uh, you know, and I'm interviewing some of the greats of that never really got to tell their story, like a Gene Mills, Rick Delgado, you know, uh, the you know these these great athletes that had so much to do. Like they're considered maybe they, they, they in their in their history in their realm, they're like the Arn Andersons and Tully Blanchards, you know. Yeah. So um, of amateur wrestling. So I think it'd be really cool to hear that side and, and kind of build, uh, you know, real life characters yeah. out of these amateur wrestlers and ultimately transfer them over, but. Uh, you are forever imprinted uh, yeah. in professional wrestling for what you've done within your career. Uh, where does your sense of, of passion come from? Did you, were you always passionate as a kid that come just from your love for professional wrestling? Or were you always yeah. a person? No, I, I, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I was a man. I, well, I'm a very competitive person. Uh, whatever I, I, whatever sport that my, my parents, you know, whatever I, sport I wanted to go into, they backed me. But I gave 100%. I, you know, even in school, like I wanted to be in the first reading group, I'd be mad if I wouldn't. I'd go home and cry. I'm like, no, why? I want to be in the first first math group or everything. <laughs> um, very competitive. Um, but, you know, professional wrestling, I got hooked on it as a young kid. And I'll be honest with you, it was because of professional wrestling, I went into amateur wrestling because uh, we moved to Oklahoma. It was, uh, as I told the story, it was, like, it was junior high sport. Um, I was, uh, that's the first time I had, a, I ever, you know, went from a small private school in Virginia. We moved to Oklahoma. Dad was in the government. We, we, we got transferred out there and, um, I went, I saw, Hey, seventh grade sports, man, you know, junior high sports, um, you know, it was the prelude into high school sports. So I'm like, I saw wrestling, thought it was a pro wrestling, you know, circuit. I went in there and uh, there's a wrestling mat. So uh, uh, me, I'll be honest with you. I got my ass kicked for the first two years. I'd get bloodied, cr go home crying. I hated it, but I was sucked so bad at basketball that I ended up going back <laughs> to it. And um, eventually, dude, I just was so determined and hell bent on being the best I could, and, and it and it paid off. So it worked out. So um, yeah, man, I, um, I I've always had the passion for pro wrestling. Um, I collected the magazines. Uh, that was my internet at the time. All the different territories. Um, so man, I loved it, man. Yeah, and, and growing up a wrestling fan, and when you ultimately decided that you want to get into professional wrestling, uh, did you always want to be a tag team wrestler? Because I know you obviously were tagging with your brother Russ, but was, was did you want to pursue a singles career? Always tag team wrestling. What was your initial goal with that? Uh, you know, I always, um, you know, well, my, my kid brother, man, you know, uh, we I wanted to be a professional wrestler no matter what. I started the school. He saw me start like two weeks later. He joined. Um, we were both, um, you know, I, I, my, he loved WWF more. I, I, I started with WWF, but then I got hooked on the, uh, world championship wrestling. Um, man, man, I am just so, um, you know, I, I, I talk about just the right place at the right time as a fan, because here you had the, um, you had, let's talk about, I mean, you had the different territories and cable just took off and I'm able to watch all these different territories and I'm reading along in the magazines and I'm following the territories and and I'm like you know in some of the territories we didn't get so I'd you know I'd Florida Championship Wrestling I'd be able to follow them in the magazines or you know Puerto Rico World Wrestling Council or right. you know Portland Championship Wrestling but man I mean I was able to read these magazines and then all of a sudden see them come to life on TV and I'm like, and I was hooked, man. I mean, I was hooked. Like every month I had to collect every magazine. There was wrestling observer, PWI, you know, right. I mean, you name it, whatever that was, I had to have it, you know? Um, yeah. And, you know, I, it was just, uh, dude, it was just a great time to be a, a kid, a wrestling fan. And then, you know, um, the passion I had to learn all that, to see the different territories and then to see them all come to see them all, man, see them all combine you know you know down the road with these guys i grew up watching to become my mentors and coaches and uh, agents backstage as i was developing into a pro wrestler and learning to pick their brains and and um here i am i'm like i'm watching the four horsemen on tv and uh, you know 20 years later i got arn anderson coaching shelton and i so you know it's <laughs> unbelievable yeah and a lot of people a lot of fans don't realize that 
you've been around your, your career is about 26 years old now and yeah, 26 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were on the indie scene before tagging with your brother before you were even signed to WWE. Um, yeah. For about five years, five years on the indies. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you guys get signed and then uh, Russ tragically passes away in that time frame, What was your mindset? Uh, you know, obviously losing your brother, but figuring out what is next after just being, you know, being signed. Um, you know, it was, uh, when I, you got to think WWE, they're very, very patient with us. And I was really, I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, yeah. you know, then you know, like that I also blew my knee out my ACL right after that. So thank God that, um, they had the patience, um, you know, the, uh, and then, um, you know, they shut HWA down right when I came back and yeah. they sent me and I thought, it, I thought it was over. They sent me Cornette, um, Cornette, man, thank God for Cornette, man. He uh, he pitched. He said, hey, "I want you know, he fought for me. He wants he want me down there. He said he could work with me." Um, we did that. Went down there, and man, I, I got to thank him so much. He saved my career, and then uh, he helped put uh, you know, he 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 helped put the world's greatest tag team together, Team Angle together. So him and Jr. and Kurt, so uh, and Danny Davis. So you know, thank God for Danny Davis and um and Jim Cornette. Yeah, and and one thing that always stood out to me about you specifically was that you always had Russ's name uh, on your, on your wrist tape. And that always, as a kid, I remember watching that and I gained so much respect for you seeing, because it wasn't just a one-time thing. It was part of your attire. It was part of your presentation. Now I remember speaking of, you know, the wrestling magazines, and I remember there was an article in in one of the WWE magazines where you opened up about that and, and, you know, about losing Russ and me being a kid at that time, it was so like powerful to read that and, and understand that. And like I said, I respected you so much more for that. In your in your yeah. own life, what, what what did it mean to you to have you know Russ's name on your wrist tape? You know, every time you went out there, uh, you know, it was for me to know like he was with me. You know, we started this journey together, and uh, we we're gonna finish it together in some way, shape, or form. It was yeah. only for me to honor him. It was cool as uh, you know he he never had his own action figure, but uh, we had that on the uh, you know, but it, but they would put Russ on the tape of my action figure, so oh. you know he kind of made it like that. So. You know, I was, um, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, the uh, WWF did a great article. I think they pictures when we were kids, and yeah. um, even a picture of us cutting a carving a pumpkin, you know, together as kids. I mean, it was, uh, it was. A, I remember that article very well. Yeah, you know, um, they, like I said, you know, we, we grew up. I don't know how many bed frames we broke on our parents' bed, <laughs> how many holes we put in the wall doing pro wrestling. But God bless, you know. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, man, it was something that we couldn't finish, but. You know, but he, you know, he was there still in spirit. So, and I got to thank Shelton for, you know, for being there and putting as much time and effort into it as I did. So, yeah. And, and through, and through all that, you were brought up eventually to SmackDown, like you said, with Shelton as team angle during that process, what was the, what was the original, I guess, plan or goal for team angle? Uh, well, the, the original, uh, was going to be, um, you know, and Kurt will attest to this is going to be, um, Russ and I and Shelton, us four, would have been Team Angle, and, and that's what it was going to be. Um, and uh, you know, we they Kurt came down. We did a he came down. We did a six man like it was like Benoit over Joey Matthews and Christian York, and yeah. uh, you know, and they and that, right there, Kurt raised our hands in the uh, ring, and they, that was uh, going to be the new Team Angle, and then Shelton was going to be added to it. And uh, it was going to be us off before running, man. You know, um, it didn't happen that way, but it still worked out with us three. Um, and you know, we were looking for a fourth member at the time, but we just decided not to do it. So man, yeah. we were, we were good where we at. So. Yeah. Was there a learning curve for you now going, you know, from teaming for, with your brother all your career now teaming with Shelton, uh, you know, kind uh, of relearning that, that tag team dynamic. You know what? Yes. No. Um, yes, there was a learning curve. Um, because, uh, you know, well, I'll tell you what, man, if you, if you really wanted to have the best tag team out there with us three, it should have been Shelton and Russ uh, because they were both uh, so athletic. Russ was a hell of a gymnast and at my size and doing backflips and everything. And if him and Shelton were a tag team and the roles were reversed, I was no longer here. They probably would have been a better tag team because there's, uh, the, their athleticism, they both could take to the air where I, I look like you know, when I jump, it's uh, I got two cement blocks on my feet. So it's not, you know. <laughs> I'm more of a pounding ground type of guy. I'm the, uh, we'd always tell people I'm the army Marine. Shelton was the air force. Um, but, um, Shelton, I had the same work ethic and, um, 
aren't you know russ and i had a whole different set of moves and everything that we did was totally different than what shelton and i did and shelton and i we had a good year eight nine eight nine months here with arn anderson just working uh, you know you know with us getting there arn pulled us aside said if you work with me and you listen to me he goes i, I mean i'm gonna make you guys the best damn tag team the world's ever seen you guys we can you do that for me we're like hell yeah you know, you have one of the greatest of all times in the ring, one of the greatest minds of all times, Arn Anderson, and he is putting his heart and soul into us. And I thank God I had Shelton who had the same heart and desire as I did, or, you know, same dream and desire, not heart, but had, you know, our hearts were both into it to where, you know, man, we were damn well determined to make this thing work. And how can you not make it work? If you, if you, without, you know, with Arn Anderson sitting in the ring, working with you, demonstrating what he wants, then having us do it. Now let's do it this way over and over. And, you know, we were able to take our amateur style and our takedowns and what made us special and work those different body parts. And I tell you what, man, I have never in my life, um, you know, I mean, it was surreal because here I am watching Arn Anderson, one of the greatest with Tony Blanchard or only Anderson. And now he's putting, you know, his stamp of approval on Shelton and I. Yeah. And I, you really can't ask for a better dynamic, you know, in, in the wrestling. Arn Anderson, Kurt Angle, Shelton. I mean, just whole, this whole thing just yeah. – it really, really yeah. worked out well. Now, Arn was so good because he taught us how to bridge between uh, gears, you know. In wrestling, you'll hear people, you got to have a fifth gear, third gear, fourth gear. You, you got to have different gears. You got to be able to tell a story, especially as a heel. And that's what Arn was really good at. Uh, Brock Lesnar will talk about this a lot too. But, you know, he taught us how to bridge those gears and when to turn the gear on, when to have it, when to do this, when to do that. So, dude, he, he was the man. So, and, and being aligned with Kurt Angle, he's one of the greatest of all time, no doubt. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from, from being aligned with him? What, what did you learn, that one thing that you could say that I learned from Kurt Angle? Um, you, know, uh, you know, when to uh, – with Kurt, man, it was when to, uh, when to slow down. When to, um, you know, when, when to turn it up, you know, really helped help to change gears in that amateur style, um, you know, to, you know, to go, 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 um, you know, really the timing with TV, watching the timing, um, you know, being able to, uh, you know, to deliver, you know, at that level um, in the storylines that we were put in. So, I mean, there, there was a lot of different, um, at, you know, a lot of different benefits. Oh, I was going to say benefits that Kurt offered us, you know, and, you know, we learned at our own pace, but it was, uh, you know, we were very thankful for him because, I mean, he's working with the best right then and there. He's throwing it at the top and he succeeded and he expected us to. So thank God for, uh, you know, Kurt and for his teaching and all that. Yeah. And uh, Team Angle became uh, one of the best tag teams in the world. No pun intended there. And, you know, you guys, you and Shelton really created some of the best matches in tag team wrestling history. One feud in particular for me that really stands out is the one uh, with Los Guerreros, Eddie Guerrero and Chavo, and then huh. eventually adding in Tajiri into that mix uh, when Chavo was. Yeah. But do you have any? Chavo, Chavo, yeah, Chavo tore his tricep yep. and, uh, and they brought Tajiri in. And I tell you what, man, it was, uh, it was good because um, it, was, it was unfortunate. We had a really good storyline going with Chavo and Eddie. And we're yeah. like, oh, shit, now, now what do we do? Um, and Tajiri got thrown in, different type of style. We yeah. had to learn a different type of timing with t- with him, but because of uh, Chavo and Eddie's uh, patience with us and and uh, and willing to work with us, that that did not stop us. Um, I mean, we were able to work with anybody's style. Uh, I mean, got Tajiri, man, the uh, you know that that Japanese buzzsaw man, his kicks, everything, timing. It was just, um, it was really. I mean, we were grateful, man. It was just, it was really good. You had the Tajiri with the mist, the tarantula, his uh, kicks, and then you had. Uh, you know, Eddie and a lot, you know, lie cheat still gimmick going on. And um, those they mixed together and Eddie was willing to work with the jury and the jury was willing to work with him. And then they were both willing to work with us. So we were, um, you know, we had a great ladder match as well with them. So I always hear great learning stories from about about Eddie. Do you have any of your of your own that anything you learned from Eddie or a, a favorite story? you Yeah, have? it was just a call. It was called it just a call in the ring. And, uh, you know, and to make sure you have to feel it, you know. Yeah. You didn't feel it, then the crowd wasn't going to feel it. So that, that was one of the big, you know, um, it, it, we, had, we had some growing pains, you know, some growing pain. Uh, some There were some growing pains on the way. But once we uh, got our chemistry and we clicked, dude, it was rock and roll, baby. Uh, it, was, it was Shakespeare, Shakespeare. Yeah. And one of my favorite matches from that feud, obviously, was when they brought into Jerry Judgment Day uh, 2003, the latter match for the tag titles. 
Um, for me, it was it was one of my favorite from that story or from that feud because it showed a different side to you and Shelton's amateur wrestling. Now you have to, you guys have to get violent and get you know with the ladders and, and, and hardcore style. Um, what did you do? You have any stories yeah. that that match or anything that match that stands out to you? Man, you know, uh, like you said, like that that whole angle was built for uh, Chavo and Eddie, and, and of course, you know, Eddie, Chavo getting hurt, and it was, um, yeah, man. So here, here we are. Um, thank God, you know, <laughs> Jerry really didn't speak that well of English, and for some reason, every time we go to, you know, and this is just, I don't know why this happens a lot, but every time we're in Japan, um, or every time we wrestle somebody from Japan, we usually have to have a, um, a translator. Uh, but that translator is usually the, someone that speaks Spanish. Like it was Eddie spoke Spanish fluently. So um, Tajiri really didn't speak English, but he could, but he could speak Spanish. So yeah. <laughs> you're going from Japanese to Spanish to English. And, yeah. you know, we're hoping, oh, let's hope nothing gets lost in between there. You know, same thing as when we would go over to uh, wrestle in Japan or for new Japan, all Japan, you know, yeah. man, um, you know, usually someone spoke Spanish and they would translate to the Japanese and Japanese would translate it back to us. And, uh, uh, you're just like, man, you're like, you know, let's just hope this works, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's usually, you know, I mean, Ray Mysterio did a lot of translations for us, you know, over time. But, uh, yeah, so that's where we were, man. It was – that was that right there. Um, uh, you know, Eddie was uh, communicating with Tajiri in Spanish. And, um, you know, so we were, we were really excited uh, that it worked out that way, man. And um, yeah. But so – that was the deal was like, you know, having that translation going into a ladder match and it's not like, all right, if it's, if a tag match gets messed up, we can call it off the fly. We'll, we'll, we'll do something. But then you had to be on, man, you had to be, you, you had to be on cue, man, with this ladder match. Like, you, you know, you had to be in the right place. You had to be in the right spot. You yeah, know, you had some there spots no, on the there, ladder with Eddie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Eddie and Tajiri, like you, you could not screw this up, man. So, yeah. And after about six months, uh, Team Angle was broken up. You and Sheldon uh, became the world's greatest tag team. Kurt turned babyface. And it was kind of weird as a fan watching that because at WrestleMania 19, Team Angle, all three of you, walked in as champions. Uh, why didn't uh, Team Angle last longer? And if you could have booked it, how, how would you have uh, let that play out? Oh, well, Kurt, Kurt hurt his neck, you know. So he was, uh, you know, he was out for six months. So it was actually – six months with Kurt and six months without Kurt. So it was about a year really, but yeah. you know, a year, you know, and then, you know, we were playing, uh, we had the different, um, like we said, we had the different uh, angles going on with um, Eddie and Jerry, Eddie and Chavo, uh, yeah. Eddie turning on to Jerry um, and uh, then Billy Kidman and Ray Mysterio. But um, you know, it was, I don't know. I, I would have had a, I wouldn't have turned Kurt Hill. I mean, I turned him in face. He should have, yeah. I wish he would have, wish he would have fought harder for us. Uh, <laughs> but he came back and they're like, you know, he came back from a neck injury. They had plans with him and Brock. And uh, so, um, you know, it worked out with us being the world's greatest tag team. I just wish that, um, you know, I wish it would have lasted a little bit longer. Uh, yeah. I really do. I really do. And I, and, I, and I think that was the disadvantage of having three people. We could have had a fourth person. Maybe we could have been like, no, we need, you know, we're going to make this work. Um, you know, because Evolution was making – they were kicking ass over there on Raw, and then yeah. we were kicking ass over there on uh, SmackDown. And, uh, you know, I thought eventually that we, we would, it would collide with Evolution versus uh, Team Angle. But, you know, it, it's a shame, man. Damn shame it didn't work out. But, you know, that's um, that's sports entertainment, I guess. So, And uh, eventually they ended up uh, splitting you and Shelton up. Now, that to me was was huge. What was, what was the reason for splitting you two up? Uh, I think they, they, you know, we shot we did, we did the APA, um, shot, um, and they saw, we did a, we did a, uh, vignette where we were, um, we did a vignette against, um, uh, what do you call where Shelton played Bradshaw and I played Farouk and yeah. Shelton did his slim pickings, uh, from, um, impersonation from, um, Oh, what's it called, man? What is it? Oh, that Western they did with Mel Brooks, um, sat, uh, Blazing Saddles. It was an impersonation yeah. of something. So Shelton did a really good impersonation of that mixed with Bradshaw in there. And um, they, I think they saw something in them, a charisma, and they were like, you know what? Maybe, maybe we need to – you know, they, they were notorious for that. Split a really good tag team, push one guy. Shelton was the guy they were going to push. And uh, yeah. they moved him over to Raw. He started off where they put him – they put him over on, you know, Triple H put him over. Uh, you know, Evolution – 
evolution, you know, juiced them and all that, you know, and, uh, uh, I, I was over at SmackDown. I was feeding with Rob Van Dam kind of in limbo until the stuff went with Rico kicked off. But, yeah. um, you know, it was, um, yeah, I think they split it because they, you know, they thought they saw, you know, they saw money in Shelton and they saw him as going to be a better singles and tag guy. So I mean, that's the way it goes. That's the way the business is. Um, you hate to see it, you know, um, but, you know, the WWE was notorious for it. I, I, I compare it to like, uh, the days of Motown, you know, yeah, yeah. you had the, you would have, uh, the Jacksons, then you had Michael Jackson and then, you know, the Jackson five or, uh, you have the Commodores and then you'd had Lionel Richie, <laughs> you know, or, uh, and you can go on and on and on, you know, with what they did. <laughs> so, I mean, it would take a great tag team, like, you know, and they would push the one and the other guy, you know, it was either, Hey, you know, figure it out or, you know, you're, you know, you're you be stuck in limbo. So, yeah. And uh, from there, you know, you said you were stuck in limbo. Shell went on to do his thing. You ended up teaming with, uh, with Rico and Jackie. And uh, from there, you ended up having, uh, you know, a, a different kind of run than you had normally. This was more charismatic, different persona. Um, and it ended up with a, a tag team title run. Um, what does that run mean to you? With um, it means that it means that, uh, well, let's see. I mean, it was different. It was easier. Um, easier is like the first match I wrestled with Rico was the um, man. The first match I wrestled with Rico, um, it was more like man getting his personality over. But it was also my facials, my body language. It was like uh, the odd couple. Like uh, I don't want to be in the ring, but I got to deliver. And like uh, you know, and it worked so well that we came back the next week, and Pat Patterson goes, "Oh, we got a great idea for you." We're going to make you guys a tag team. You're going to win the world titles. And sure enough, that's what we did. <laughs> so, um, but it was great because uh, we had this, uh, you know, we were good. Uh, we were good backstage together. Uh, you know, like we were the odd couple. He was flamboyant. I was just like the Seton Hall college grad, all American. And yeah. Jackie was like the glue to hold us together. You know, it couldn't, you know, it, it, it couldn't have been stranger, but it worked. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, Rico got, Rico got hurt. He was hurt for like three months and, that, that put the end of that. Um, but, you know, if he would have just stayed healthy, um, right? I mean, you know, you, no, no one can, you know, you're wrestling 300 days out of the year, you're bound to get injuries. Um, yeah. um, but what was great that came out of that was, uh, you know, my, my marriage to Jackie in real life, uh, the four kids that we had. And, um, and so I was blessed for that. So that, that's, uh, you know, so, it, you know, it was that that's what the benefits of that, that tag team was. But it was uh, also a lot, a lot about, uh, you know, um, playing a character role and, and, and you know, and just um, man, having fun. You know? And that's what we did. We had fun. I had fun when I was wrestling with Rico. Yeah. And, and from there, you did the, you know, the impersonations gimmick. You said uh, yeah. Bradshaw. You also did a, like a JBL type impersonation. That was really, really good. Yeah, and, yeah uh, CHL, baby. CHL late. Charles Haas late. <laughs> it was so good that, uh, you know, we did it a couple of times. And I was like, man, I was really hoping that uh, – you know, JBL would, uh, you know, I was going to be a second, you know, instead of having the cabinet, he'd have like a in-shape Dewey Hog from the Dukes of Hazards. Like he'd be Boss Hog and I'd be Dewey Hog, but in better shape and better looking with better hair. So, yeah. <laughs> and from there, uh, you you ended up uh, leaving WWE, going to Ring of Honor, doing your thing in J New Japan, doing all this great stuff outside of uh, WWE. And you ended up, uh, I guess, in a sense, you know, hanging up the boots, kind of retiring, uh, if you can say that. Um, what was your, what was your mindset, you know, when thinking about maybe, maybe it's time to hang up the boots? Uh, well, my, 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 I had four kids. I was, you know, Jackie was getting tired of raising the kids, uh, you know, me oh. being gone all the time and I don't blame her. I mean, that's a, you know, being a stay at home mom is like the most, um, underpaid job ever. I mean, you don't even get paid. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's not, it's rewarding, but yet dude, it, it's so hard. Um, you know, our daughters were getting ready. We're playing soccer. My boys were getting ready to come into sports and then school. And then finally they get to the point wow. where I got my son wrestling, my son's wrestling. He's the third oldest. I got a, we got a two, three-year-old Chuck that wants to wrestle. Um, but you know, we're trying to keep, say, he's just trying to learn the, under, the understanding of no, no means don't go on the wrestling mat when other people are wrestling. Um, don't attack other people when you see your brother wrestling, you know, it's, it's okay, but, uh, it's amateur wrestling. But, um, you know, I was like, you know what? This is something I miss. I want to get back into it. Um, I want to help coach. My brother-in-law had a um, – he was on the Olympics in uh, amateur wrestling, so he had a, he had a badass uh, wrestling club. So I went in there and learned how to coach from him, and then we started a program, a youth program that's kicking ass today. And, um, dude, you know, it's um, – dude, I'm just really, really happy um, where they are right now. Um, yeah. 
how they've taken to amateur wrestling and how they really want to go into pro wrestling now. Um, so, you know, that, so my goal is like, you know, kind of just pull out of pro wrestling and go into amateur wrestling and, and, uh, get, you know, you got, it's, um, you know, I'll tell you right now with the amateur wrestling, you get a lot of, you know, you get a lot of these guys that are in their coaches that have never wrestled before that think they know everything. Cause they watch these YouTube videos. Yeah. You gotta be an amateur wrestler to understand amateur wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. you gotta learn to break it down. It, 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 you have to learn it's different than coaching, but I'm mean, it's not like X's and O's and, you know, and study, I mean. Dude, if you've never been in the position, you've never done a match, you know, it, you can't sit there and explain to a kid how it's going to feel. It's yeah. like pro wrestling, you know. you got to be you got to be in the ring to understand it, to draw money. got to be in the ring to understand it, to help teach somebody. You know, anyone can be a, 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 a critic or a, a, a couch coach or whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, you you got to be able to – I mean, if you didn't bl- put your blood, sweat, and tears into that sport, you know, it's, you can't be a coach. And, I, and, I, and that's what – I'm like, you know what? I did this at a high level, D1 all, you know, D1 level. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be able to, and my brother-in-law was on the Olympics. He taught me his system and I'm, and I'm breaking that down. But I, I mean, that's just the way, you know, I, that's the way I feel. I see a lot of people that don't know how to coach or not coaching these kids. Right. And that, that sport is a sport that you got to coach kids hard. And, um, you know, because you're preparing them for battle. And if you don't have the right technique, you don't teach them, they're not, you know, they're going to hate the sport as it is. It's not going to be successful. So, yeah. And when, uh, when you ultimately resurfaced, uh, you know, you had a new look, shaved head, you were leaner. A lot of the wrestling media kind of went into a, like a, like a frenzy, sick oh, yeah. and all this stuff because no yeah. one actually well, knew what was going on. It, it, yeah. Well, one, I was getting, I was, I mean, I was getting, I was going through a divorce, but two, man, I was, I was coaching, man. I was wrestling, yeah. you know, amateur. And so here, here's my, my body is when, when I don't work, when I don't lift, I get skinny. You know, I don't, dude, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a room that's about 100 degrees out, 100 degrees inside the room. You're sweating your ass off. You're wearing sweats. You're, um, dude, it's, you're in, uh, you know, we're, we're in a, we're in a badass system down here now in Texas. And I mean, dude, amateur wrestling is about losing weight. I mean, it's the only sport that yeah. you have to lose weight in order to, you know, you want to lose weight and you want to, and you put your body through all types of torture and all types of, uh, not torture, but uh, yeah, I guess it would be torture, right? All types of crazy exercises to lose weight so you can win a state title or a national title. I mean, I mean, how many, most sports are trying to bulk up and build your strength. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to cut our body down it's to, the, you know, man. to the lowest weight we can to be successful. You know, it's a, you know, that you got to be mentally tough. And focused and um you know so you know all the you know these everyone's eyes oh, he's there's something wrong or whatever dude i mean you know what i i, I quit lifting heavy i wasn't bulking up like a uh, like a, a pro wrestler or, you know like he usually does you know to like big on tv because the bigger on tv you are you know yeah. the, the, the better you are you know it's more of like a bodybuilding atmosphere or it's more like a bodybuilding um you know um sport you know you you yeah. want to look the part you know, you got, you know, everyone's a Greek God, you know, but um, <laughs> in amateur wrestling, it's totally different, man. You, you're working out two, three times a day. So I'm coaching, you know, a high school and help coach, help help coaching a high school, help youth program, then a, like a, a, a amateur beginner program. You're in the room like five to six hours a day. And, and it's not just seasonal. It's all year round. you got folk style. that's all through the winter. Then you got freestyle and Greco that go all the way to July. So you're working from September to July. You have one month off and, uh, Dude, you know, your, your body's so worn down. So your exercises are different. I'm not in there lifting, getting big, man. I'm doing push-ups. I'm doing cardio. And so, I mean, you know, when I was in college, I would cut from 210 down to 177, you know, to wrestle. So, um, you know, so now I'm just trying to put my size back on. Um, you know, thing is, like, the good thing is I didn't get, I didn't get, like, you know, I didn't become um, overweight and then where I had to lose weight to try to bulk back up. Now I'm just trying to bulk back up, you know, that's it. So yeah. it just blew my mind that everybody made these, you know, these, these kind of accusations before even knowing, and there was headlines and, you know, it just, it, before even knowing the facts or knowing, or even hearing from you, it was just, you know, one of the, one of those things that everybody just needed to take a step back and. Oh, uh, well, you know, that's the thing is like, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, and then, like I said, I went through a divorce, dude. I mean, I, I was depressed, man. I mean, my marriage failed. Um, you know, I, you know, I got four kids like what's going on. Mom and dad aren't together anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, Jackie, Mary, you know, she made, she met another guy. Um, you know, they, they had a baby, you know, and you're, you're sitting there going, trying to, you know, be like, man, what's going on, what's going to happen? You know, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, where did I go wrong? You know, it's just, uh, 
you know, it, it, it's, you know, and, and like, you know, like right now, I mean, I'm not dating anyone. I'm like, I'm just, uh, man, I'm, I'm just trying to figure me myself out, but be the best dad I can be, be there for my kids, be there for all their extracurricular activities. And, um, you know, and then, and then, and then trying, you know, trying to get another run at wrestling, you know, um, pro wrestling, uh, that's what I'm good at. That's what I've always wanted to do. You know, it's something like, well, why can't you just have a regular job? Why can't you just do a regular job? This is something I've always wanted to do. And this is what I love. And, and my goal is to um, eventually get into management to where I can work with younger talent. I want to be a coach. I want, I want to be a producer. I want to be an agent for whatever company out there that will have me. I have a lot of knowledge and passion. Um, and, you know, it, it's a shame that, you know, get all these people jump on you, haters. Uh, you know, you're, you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to further your career. You're trying to help pass along knowledge. And, you know, you get all these people out there, ah, he's old or he looks, looks tired, looks, you know, looks like he's all messed up on stuff. I mean, dude, I'm just, man, I'm a human being, bro. And, um, you know, I went through, well, man, I went through a divorce. You know, it's like a death, you know, it's like, yeah. and, I, and I know a lot about that. So, you know, so. And your story really resonates because it, it's a comeback story, you know, and through all this, you know, heartache that you've had you've reconnected with your first love and that's pro professional wrestling. And yeah, it's amazing right. to see, yeah. you know, amazing yeah. to see what you're doing now. And that, that kind of brings yeah. me to my next, my next point. Fast forward to 2022, you have your first ever match with impact and it was against their very best Josh Alexander. And uh, yeah. you guys have a lot in common, you know, amateur backgrounds, both coming from prestigious tag teams. Uh, I want to hear your, your raw thoughts about that match. And just, you know, I, I know you have a great sense of, uh, going through the matches and, and knowing exactly what you're going to do and all the moves. So I would love just to hear your thoughts uh, on that match. Uh, I thought it was going to be, uh, it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a really uh, solid, stiff, not stiff, man. I hate the word, uh, more solid, snug Japanese strong style match. It was going to be, it was hard hitting. Um, and uh, I, I feel bad because I, I mean, I, I, I caught a knee somewhere in there and uh, it was like, I, I tripped. I took a going for a gore in the corner. I, I ate the knee in the turnbuckle, man. And I, and I got knocked out. I mean, I, I don't remember finishing the match really. I really don't. It was like, and, uh, and that's where I was on cruise control there. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I remember the Germans kind of going back and forth with him on that. Yeah. Um, I remember the whole match going up to that and I'm like, boom. And all of a sudden went blank. And I'm like, man, I, I don't even know how we finished it. Um, so I, like, I haven't even watched the match because I, I feel in my heart that I, I, everything was good until then. And I don't know what it looked like. Um, uh, you know, people are like, no, it wasn't really, it's, you know, they thought it was a solid performance. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, really, I, I hate, I hate watching matches because, and I hate, I hate reading what people write because, you know, the ones that are so on that aren't very kind, you, you take it to heart, you know, and um, I mean, I'm just trying to go out there and do my best performance, but I got, I got to say this about Josh Alexander, ultimate pro. He is the pinnacle. He is, uh, you know, um, I'd love to have one more rematch with them, um, one more match with them, um, you know, and uh, it just, um, you know, I just wanted to see where I was. I mean, that's the first time I've been on TV, you know, in a yeah. long time. And uh, to go right from there, you know, right into the fire, which I've been done, done that before. Um, you know, I, I, I hope I hope it turned out good. Like I said, I'm my worst critic, so I don't even want to look at it. But um, eventually I'm going to have to. But, um, you know, I I, I, I I gotta thank Impact, man, for the opportunity. Um, I gotta thank Scott Demore. I gotta thank uh, Tommy Dreamer. Uh, you know, D'Lo Brown, Gail Kim, uh, TNA Management. I say, you know, everyone being so kind and nice to me, uh, meeting new people, uh, starting new relationships. But you know, I mean, yeah, uh, if you're gonna pass the torch to somebody, and not that I have a torch to pass, but um, I definitely have. Josh Alexander definitely has my. Uh, has my vote for uh, being the future of the business. Yeah. And it was great to see you first off come back, but also for Josh to say that you're the obstacle, you know, in between him and the world title. So that really putting you at that main main event level, like, you know, at the, the, the legend that you are really. And, you know, despite the injury, the match was great. And, uh, you know, it just gives you uh, the opportunity to do it again. Like you said. Yeah. You know, so we'll, we'll see, man. I don't know what impacts, uh, what their uh, what their plans are, man. But uh, you know what? Um, I you know I, it gave me a chance to tell the world that I'm that I'm not dead. I think somebody reported that Charlie Haas died fatally in the ring, which yeah, was something uh, like that. And I and I'm just like, 
you know, you know, I, I, I got an ex-wife that's calling up to find out what happened to me. I got kids thinking I died. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I wish people would do their due diligence before they start saying that type of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, we had it retracted. I mean, yeah, we're making fun of it. We have a T-shirt out. But, I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, you know, people put out what they want to say, but, you know, they don't understand how it affects people at home and what their flight does. You know, that for them to say that, my mom's fucking crying. You know, when they, they can't get a hold of me. I'm like, you know, you know it's just – it's it's, it's um. I don't know, man. I guess it's the world we live in. So, yeah. I'm called for it. So, yeah. yeah. And so, how did all the uh, all the talks with with Impact come about? Did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you? I don't, uh, I have to give Tommy Dreamer a lot of credit for that. Uh, he saw me at an independent show. He's like, "Man, you still got it. Your footwork, everything looks great." Because, man, he goes, uh, "Let me see what I can do." Um, and then, um, you know, um, and then D'Lo Brown reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, uh, we're gonna be in town in Dallas. Are you available?" I'm like, "Yeah, definitely." You can come in and uh, we want to do something with you. So I didn't know what it was going to do. I didn't know what we were going to do. Um, I had no idea I was going to wrestle Josh Alexander right off the bat. I didn't know that we were going to be cut, cut a promo. Uh, I thought, you know, it was going to be something to build or, you know, to introduce, reintroduce me. But so I was like, whoa, man, it's going to be right in the fire. So, uh, you know, I hope something good comes out of it. Um, like I said, man, you know, I, I want to work for another two or three years. And as long as my body will permit, but then I want to get into, man, I want to be a producer. I want to be, well, I mean, an agent or coach or I, mean, I want to work behind the scenes. I want to help, you know, I mean, I've worked with a lot of greats that I grew up watching and, um, I, I, and all this knowledge I got from them because they worked all the different territories. I want to be able to pass that along. And uh, if people are willing to learn, then, you know, so be it. Um, I, I still want to stay in this business because I love it. And I got two sons that want to do it. And, uh, and so, I mean, I, I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just hoping that someone out there will give me a chance as an agent. Or, uh, you know, bring me in for, um, you know, to, to wrestle and agents. So, yeah. And I think your time in WWE, you were in such a, uh, you know, the ruthless aggression type era where so many big stars came out of also having that that history, but being, you know, taught by uh, Arn Anderson and, and all the greats that you were taught by. I think that uh, you would be an excellent, excellent, you know, agent or producer, whatever the role is, just to pass on yeah. that knowledge to the next generation of wrestlers especially today in a generation where you know in, in some companies tag team wrestling is not as uh you know as uh pushed and prominent as it once was yeah you're 100 right um i would love to come in and help revamp tag team wrestling like my, my goal is i want i want to build this wrestling school i want to have a wrestling school where i concentrate on tag team wrestling um i want to you know i want to make it prominent i want to make it relevant i wanted to i mean let's go the first wrestlemania match ever was a tag team match you know fucking so you know that the main event was a tag team match you know um first wrestlemania match is actually is um playboy buddy rose under the mask but the first main event was a tag team match you know yeah. um for wrestlemania so Tag team wrestling can be prominent, man. It can be relevant. And uh, I, I want to be able to, you know, man, I would, yeah, I want, I want to, I want to do something different. I want to start doing tag team seminars. I want to be brought in to help with the tag teams. I know what the problem with tag teams are. I know how to fix it. And, uh, and I can, and I have that knowledge to help a company if they're willing to, you know, concentrate on tag team wrestling. Yeah. And, and even looking at WWE today, they have so many, you know, uh, former amateur wrestlers, they have, you know, Chad Gable, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton is there. And even just signing, you know, Gable Stevenson, I, I, I'm, there's just so and AJ out. Ferrari, AJ Ferrari. He, he's a, he, he's a, he, he's a national champ from Oklahoma state university. Uh, one as a true freshman, there's only like five of those that has ever happened. He has a chance to be the first five time national champion because last year COVID, um, didn't, you know, wrestling didn't count last year. They only got an extra year of it. So he could be the first five time national champion. AJ Ferrari, the 197 pounder, Mr. Fast Switch on Instagram, man. Uh, he's from uh, Allen, Oklahoma. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Allen, Texas, where I'm living right now. And, uh, no, my, my brother-in-law had a lot to do in helping him. And uh, I was able to, you know, coach them in somewhat. I coached his nephews, or not his nephews, his, um, I coached his cousins, Vinny and Gino Ferrari. So, um, man, it's, um, and they're my boys' ages, uh, Chuck and Russ's. And, uh, dude, I'm telling you right now that he's going to be something to reckon with. He's going to be, you know, you got to look out for him. But you're right. A lot of amateur wrestlers are in pro wrestling. And, uh, you know, you got to thank the greats like the Briscoes and the Steiners and Bob Backlund, you know, so. Yeah. And uh, right now you obviously just did your thing with, with Impact. So that was that was just a one off thing for the time being uh, with Impact. That, that, I, that, that I know of. Yes. Uh, hopefully it's something more. Um, it's uh, right now. Um, you know, we haven't talked any further, um, you know, so, man, I'm a free agent, so I'm able to go wherever I can. 
Um, you know, I'm willing to listen to whatever, whatever best is best for me and for my family. I have a good management system around me now. Um, so we're looking, uh, you know, got a manager, I Kurt Zamora, Aaron Presley, you know, so we'll see how it works. So. Yeah. So has any other wrestling company uh, reached out to you at all? I mean, like obviously we have WWE, um, AEW, yeah. but others like, yeah, you know what? And- yeah. Um, so I'm working for SWE world-class revolution, world-class right now. Um, we're, we're working that down here. Um, working for prestige. Uh, I just signed a six, uh, six, six, um, uh, six state deal with them, six, uh, match deal. Um, I'm really looking forward to, you know, working with them. Um, I'm doing a, I mean, uh, you know, uh, my, uh, man, my, my calendar's filling up. I'm getting a lot of bookings now. Um, you can, you can, you know, book Charlie Haas at gmail.com. Um, you know, that's where I'm at, or I'm, I'm doing my podcast, you know, at the Haas pod, uh, yeah. wrestling's greatest podcast, but, um, I am so, um, I'm doing relentless this weekend and, uh, in, in Washington, you know, uh, the state of Washington. So, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited, man. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of different stuff going on and, uh, man, it's, um, you know, and there's a lot of great talent out there. So yeah, if MLW reaches out or, uh, you know, or, uh, ring of honor or, you know, or man, GCW or, you know, PCW ultra. I mean, there's so many great, I mean, you go to, you go to Pluto TV and type in fight network, fight TV, and you got all these great, great, great pro promotions. It's like watching the, uh, the old, um, it's like watching the old, uh, territory days. Yeah. And being that Shelton is, is in WWE and right now he kind of, you know, he was doing the hurt business stuff and that kind of just, you know, I don't know, yeah. we don't know where it is right now, but um, if you were to go back to WWE, would tagging with Shelton be like an option for you? Would that be something that you want? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I would, I, you know, it, 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 it's what he wants to do. And I mean, he's involved with another tag team with Cedric, you know, um, or I mean, do I come in and disrupt that or do, uh, or does, uh, do we, you know, do we reform the wrestling's greatest tag team or do we form a new faction or, uh, do I go solo or I don't know. I, I don't know what, you know. Or do they just bring me in to be an agent or a coach, you know, to help the new amateur wrestlers coming around? Who better than like, you know, Shelton and I teaching these new the amateur wrestlers how to cross over, you know? So uh, we'll see, man. I, I don't know if, um, you know, I don't, I don't know where the, how. I mean, I don't even know what's going on with WWE if they they would even consider that, um, like you know, that inevitable door or whatever. So you, you never know. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll never know. But uh, I don't know, man. If I, you know. Barney Anderson and him are out there listening, man. I'd, l- I'd love to work with AEW as well. You know, I would love to go in there. Cody Rhodes, Dusty, or, you know, the Young Bucks are there. I would love to love to work with them or to be a coach for a you know, tag team wrestling as well. So, yeah, well, Cody does do open wrestle. challenges. He does those open challenges for that TNT title. So, and yeah. they hear a lot of the fans yeah, on, yeah. on social media, you know, they want certain people. Eddie Kingston. You know the fans. I, do. Are, yeah. I am so I am so, I am so happy for Eddie Kingston, man. He, uh, you know, I've known him for a long time. Uh, you know, he worked, um, you know, on the Indies and broke in around at the same time I did. Me and my brother, and you know, good for him, man. I mean, someone that never gave up. He's fought through a lot of hardship, and, and I'm a big Eddie Kingston fan. And um, God bless, man. I'm, I'm happy to see him, you know him finally get what he's due. So yeah. And if this is your last run, you said you have you know two or three years left. You want to wrestle. Um, and I know that you, in your post about being booked, you said you'll wrestle anyone, but is there a match, some sort of dream match or dream opponent that you're looking to have in, in, in this run? I'd love to wrestle Jonah. I'd wrestle, I'd love to wrestle, uh, Malachi Black. I'd love to wrestle, uh, Josh Alexander again. I'd love to wrestle, uh, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards, uh, singles. Um, I'd love to wrestle, man. Oh God. John Moxley never wrestled him before. That'd be an honor to wrestle him. Um, um, I'd like to, I'd like to wrestle, uh, Cody Rhodes. I'd like to wrestle, um, you know, I mean, I would, I'd like to wrestle, uh, Arn Anderson's son, Brock. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I mean, to be able to, uh, yeah, I, that would be, that'd probably be a dream match, man, to, to, you know, Arn had so much to do in my, uh, had so much to do in my, um, career and for me maybe to wrestle and to, to, you know, to, to be in the ring with his son, that'd be an honor, you know, and then maybe in 10 years at flip, you know, he'd be in the ring with my kids. I don't know, but yeah. um, I, I really would like, you know, I, I would like for something like that to happen. That'd be great. Yeah. And right now in AEW, Brock Anderson is actually doing some tag team stuff. So it would work out perfectly, you know, being no. tag team wrestling. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, if it, I, would, I would love, yeah, that'd be great to bring in, a, maybe do a faction with Brock and his partner and Arn and, you know, or, you know, you know, be a mentor like he was from exactly. Rick Arn was towards me and Sean. Yeah, something like that. 
And I like to ask uh, this question at the end or towards the end of my interviews. And yeah. it's, uh, at the end of your wrestling career, when you, when you officially hang up your boots, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want your legacy in professional wrestling to be? That, you know, I never, um, that, that my work was never, was never see-through. Um, that it was, that, that, um, that I was a, a hell of a technician, but, um, you know, that I was, uh, you know, as I, as I was like, you know, as what comes up must come down, coming down. I never had a, an attitude towards anybody or an ego. I, I know there was one altercation I had with a uh, grizzly Adam or a uh, grizzly Redwood or whatever uh, out in ring of honor. And that's something I, I regret, but no, if I, if I could do anything where, you know, people were like, you know, he, um, you know, he, you know, he had no problem coming in doing the job, you know, no problem, uh, you know, passing his knowledge on. I mean, yeah. and that's what it is. I, I you know, um, you know, someone that gave back to the sport that gave so much to him. Yeah. And for all the fans listening and watching right now, where could they uh, find more Charlie Haas? Where could they follow you? Where could they buy your T-shirts? Where could they see what's next? Uh, yeah. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, um, Near Fall Clothing. Um, you know, you'll have it there. Um, Pro Wrestling Tees, uh, the Charlie Haas is not dead shirt. Uh, the Welcome to the Haas of Pain. Near Fall Clothing has all my, you know, my ring attire. Um, and then you have, um, uh, what do you call, um, I'm, I'm at uh, the Charlie Haas or at, at uh, I'm sorry. Real Charlie Haas on Instagram, Real Charlie Haas uh, Facebook fan page. And then I'm at uh, Wrestling's Greatest Podcast uh, Facebook fan page, at the Haas Pod on uh, Twitter, um, at Charlie Haas on Twitter. And then, at, um, and then of course, you have uh, charliehaas54321.com. I, you know, I, I just need a hold of a page and tell everyone where I'm at. <laughs> uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. It's Charlie Haas. So, yeah, man, I'm on, uh, you know, you name it, I'm there, but I don't do TikTok. So, there. So. Got it. <laughs> Charlie, I want to thank you uh, for you know for taking the time oh, wow. to do this. Your story, oh, and YouTube so TV, YouTube, you, yeah, you, YouTube TV too. So uh, yeah, the uh, Wrestling Race podcast. So yeah, uh, yeah. So your story is really so inspiring, and, and despite all the trauma and the, and the heartache that you've gone through, you came out the other side and you prevailed. And really, that's something to celebrate. And uh, I'm honored to have thank had you. this time with you, and really cannot wait to see what you do next. Uh, thank I you. I appreciate it, man. Up. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, thanks, Joey. I appreciate your time and effort, man. And uh, it wasn't for guys like you, man, to be able to get our story out there and let people know the real story, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and thank you so much, man. And thank you for not judging. I appreciate you. Of course. And thank you for everything you've done for professional wrestling. I mean, that, that's the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, your legacy will live on, you know, throughout everything else you do. So I'm excited to see what's next for Charlie Haas. Uh, everyone listening, watching, go follow Charlie. And uh, let's, get him, let's get him back in professional wrestling big time. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thanks, Joey. Have a great day, man. God Thank bless. you, too. And before you go, please like, subscribe, and check out more wrestling content right here on The Angle Podcast.